Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 5 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be reading Genesis 3, verses 6 through 8. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. And I'll stop reading there. Now, we've been going through this account and we've seen that the serpent came and the serpent began to lie became the father of lives to deceive the woman and now the woman is reviewing all that she was told by the serpent and it's making her look at this tree anew and she's seeing all the positives oh it's a tree good for food it's a tree pleasant to the eyes and it's a tree to be desired to make one wise. And then she took of the fruit and ate and gave to her husband with her. And he also ate. And this happened after an unspecified amount of time from the point of the creation. We don't know. There's nothing in the Bible to indicate exactly how long it was. From the time that God created the world until Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate of the fruit. It could have been um, a little over a week or two weeks or or a few weeks. The Bible does imply it was not very long at all. But there was a short period of time in which the world was good and there was no sin. And then came this day. And this day changed everything for the world. You know, some days for individuals, for you, for me, are bad days. We, we hear of horrible things or we receive horrible news, tragic news, maybe about someone We've cared for and they have died or, or just something terrible happens. And it's the same for a city or a nation or even the world itself. Some days are very bad, terrible days. And, and if the day is terrible enough, mankind tends to mark the date as a historical occasion 
and will even observe that day every year. This is the day this uh, terrible thing happened. For instance, the President of the United States marked December 7th, 1941, the day of the attack of Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. And he said that this is a day that will live in infamy. It was so awful that the Japanese attacked unprovoked Pearl Harbor and, and many Americans were killed and it, it was just a grievous day. More recently, we're familiar with what took place on September 11th in 2001. All you have to say is 911. And we understand that day was an awful day. It was an extremely terrible day because of the terrorist attack upon the Twin Towers in New York. Almost 3,000 people dying as a result. And, and there have been many days in the world's history like this of, of plagues, of wars, of uh, atrocities committed. And probably a good way of putting it was, as FDR put it, this day will live in infamy. But in reality, the truth is there has never been a more horrible, a worse day, a more terrible day, a day more awful than the day when the serpent came to Eve and Eve, after listening to the serpent, bearing with the serpent, which she should not have done, and Adam, who permitted his wife to have this conversation, and therefore he also is guilty in that aspect alone. And in addition, he is the head and he bears responsibility. Yet the day that this happened and the day that Eve made the fateful decision. And of course, we know it's all according to the plan of God, to the glorious plan of God regarding his program of salvation. We know that. Yet, here at this time, on that day, over 13,000 years ago, when Eve took of the fruit and did eat, when she, she reached out to the tree, the forbidden tree, thou shalt not eat of the fruit of this tree, in the day you eat thereof you will die, God had commanded. She crossed the line, the boundary, the safety of God's commandment, she transgressed. She went over the ancient landmark, the limit set by the Ancient of Days, eternal God and His Word. And she took of a fruit she was not to take of, and she bit into it and ate. And then she knew evil. She knew evil. She experienced evil for the first time, and so too did the world come to know evil. And on that day, which is hard for us to see because we live in a world 
that is completely corrupt and full of evil. We live in a world after the fall today, and our fathers and our fathers before them never knew a good world. We never knew what it was to have a world that was good and for man to be good, where there was only life and no death. We never knew a right and good relationship with God and and all the intimacy that would uh, that, that would have been available between man and his creator. We didn't know anything about that. What is normal for us is a world given over to evil, where nothing is perfect, where none are good, and death rules over the earth, and where man's relationship is shattered with God. It's broken. It is ended Unless, of course, through God's salvation. That, that's the world we're familiar with. Uh, we're, we're familiar with a world full of evil that, um, the, the only hope was, the only, the only rescue from the evil was through the salvation of God. Well, why don't we take a look at just a few verses where We'll, we'll see. Now, prior to this in Genesis, God has said everything he made was good. He created this, it was good. Everything was good. There, everything was perfect. No death. No corruption. There was no disease. No blemishes. No spots of any kind upon any aspect of the creation. Well, not too long after, well actually it's 6,000 years, but not too long in, in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 6, it says in, in verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Eve wanted to know evil. Eve wanted to experience. Adam wanted to know. They wanted to experience this mysterious thing, this unknown thing to them called evil. And the tree held the secret. And and the serpent said, Oh, you'll not die. Everything will be wonderful. God knows in the day you eat thereof, you'll be as Elohim. It's a tree where your eyes will be open. And so they ate. and, And here we have God's description of every human being. Everyone that followed all over the earth. We don't know how many people there were in the days before the flood, probably at most just a couple of million. And God looks out at every one of them and the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. He knew evil. Man came to know what evil is, the mystery of evil. We're very familiar with it, aren't we? It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 in verse 3, 
This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. The hearts of the sons of men, and that's God looking down upon the whole human race, upon every one born of a woman, as um, the book of Job says, man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. And then it also makes a very telling point in Job 14, verse 4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean not one. And the moment Eve committed sin and Adam committed sin, they became unclean. Man and woman, the only two people in all the world. And therefore, when they came together and they had a child with Cain and Abel, the child was conceived in sin, according to the Psalms, and born speaking lies, unless God saved Abel in the womb, but he was conceived in sin, salvation would have had to occur after the point of conception at some point, and then God did save Abel because the Bible indicates he had a righteous soul, but Cain was never saved. All human beings are children that come forth from unclean parents. Because Adam and Eve sinned before they had any children. And from that point, every child they would have would be conceived in sin, born in sin, and enter into the world dead in sin, in trespasses and sins. And they would be full of evil. As Jeremiah 17.9 tells us, the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things who can know it. This is the fallen nature of man. You cannot bring a clean out of an unclean. That's why it's an impossibility to have a child who is innocent. As some theologians have incorrectly taught, they, they teach an age of accountability. Well, children are innocent of sin until they reach a certain age of 12 or 13 or whatever it is they say. And it is completely wrong. It, it, they're saying that somehow their two wicked parents who have hearts full of evil, uh, that they have brought forth a child of innocence, a child without sin. That's the only way you can be innocent. And then at some point, God accounts sin towards them. Well, no, that is just foolishness. It's, it, it is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible's very clear. We're conceived in sin and, and children are sinners just like their parents. As Mr. Camping used to say, and it was really a great example, he spoke of baby rattlesnakes and and they might be cute. I, I personally wouldn't think so. They might be uh, charming looking. 
and were frightened of their parents. The mama and the papa rattlesnake are deadly and we would kill them. Oh, but, but the little baby rattlesnakes, they, they're, they're so cute. No, they're rattlesnakes. They're nothing better than their parents. They, they can only be like their parents, a rattlesnake. And, and so it is with mankind, with human beings. If our parents were sinners, we are sinners. We cannot achieve more or rise above the spiritual level of our parents. We cannot be clean when they were unclean. And so we're all born in an unclean way. We're all dirty, rotten, filthy sinners. And that's what the Bible says. And it's why the world is so enamored with sin, so taken with sin, so in love with sin. It says in Micah chapter 7, in Micah 7 verse 2, the good man is perished out of the earth. And there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and, and it goes on. But that's the statement I wanted to read. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. And the hand in the Bible represents the will of the person and when when you do evil with both hands it means your will is completely totally given over to sin to evil this is what you want it is what you desire and it it's all mankind because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god as it says in Romans chapter 3, in verse 10, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And just to tie this in with a little analogy about rattlesnakes, it says in verse 13, Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of ass is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Evil, evil, evil. Evil in heart. Evil in in the things they say, evil in, in thought, word, and deed, man is evil in body and in soul. Man is evil. He has more than gained knowledge of evil. He has, as it were, gotten not only a master's, but a doctorate in evil. He has come to embody evil to perfectly be aligned with evil in every aspect of his life. And it says in Psalm 52, beginning in verse 1, Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. The tongue deviseth mischiefs, like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. 
Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness, Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. Thou lovest evil. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the necessary perversion, the necessary damage that would have to be done to a mind, to a soul, the necessary depths of depravity it would take to love evil. And just look around. Look around at the world on a daily basis. We see evil everywhere. We see evil reported. We see evil at work, evil in our neighborhood, evil in our family, evil, evil, evil everywhere. Some atrocities that are committed are are just uh, you you can only shake your head at the depths of the depravity of evil that man is able to descend into it, it is such wickedness that it's just beyond shame and and it's all over the face of the earth every day day after day after day it it piles up the tremendous amount of evil and how could it be done how could it be done to this degree and so widespread in every nation every city every village every town every house in all the world billions of people actively happily committing evil in in their minds in the things they say in the things they do how is this possible unless man loves it unless he loves it he he loves evil that curiosity about the tree that curiosity oh what is evil what could it be can can you imagine the innocence of someone uh, thinking and wondering that as Adam and Eve at one time did think and wonder concerning the tree? What would evil be? And they thought it would be something exciting and something good and something that would help them. And yet it's been all calamity. It's been all damage, all injury, all harm down through time. The many terrible things, horrible things that have happened over the course of the world's history. Terrible things in uh, relationship to disease, which came as a result of evil. Or terrible things in the relationship of people just physically dying of a heart attack or stroke or or a disease of some sort or of old age because their bodies wore out. Why did their bodies wear out? Why did the heart stop? Why did the brain hemorrhage? Because of evil. In the beginning, it was not so. There was no death, but in the day you eat thereof, you will die. And death entered into the world, and death began to rule, according to Romans 5, verse 14, 
from Adam to Moses. Death rules because of sin, of disobeying the word of God. And, and so man has done violence to his fellow man, brother to brother, like Cain to Abel. He has hurt his fellow man and killed his fellow man and just uh, an enormous, a huge pile of transgressions that have brought nothing but misery and agony and sorrow and grief and made the world a bale of tears because of evil. Because of evil. This is what it means to break the law of God on one point. Eve didn't shoot somebody. She didn't kill anybody. You know, that's what people think evil is today. If you're a terrorist or a murderer or or something like that, that's the only evil they tend to recognize. And no, no, it was something small, something minor, completely insignificant, something that does not or would not even register in a in a filthy, evil world like our present world. If someone said that, hey, God said you shall not eat of that tree, it, oh, it, that's nothing, that's nothing. And to transgress, to disobey that command, it's completely nothing. We laugh at the idea that that the first sin was eating a fruit from a forbidden tree. That is uh, just not sin to to a world that is so immersed in evil as we are. Yet to a perfect world, to a good world, to a pure and holy world, here is the law, one law. And they went over the boundary, transgressed the law, broke the law of God, broke the everlasting covenant. And this is all the result. All that we see, all the terrible things that have happened in the history of the world can all really be traced back to the root cause of what took place in the Garden of Eden. No, we can't blame Adam and Eve. We we can't point the finger at them because it would be pointing right back at ourselves. We were in them. We were in the loins of Adam, every one of us. At that time, he represented us all. We all took of the fruit of that tree. We all rebelled against God. And if there's any need of evidence, just look at your life and my life. And how many times, how many times have we known the law? We've known the law concerning lying or stealing or cheating or what we should be thinking or the things we say or all the law. We are familiar with it. We know it and we transgressed it. We went beyond it. We broke the law. We have committed sin and we have done the same thing. We have brought death to ourselves. Well, you see, this is the world. This is the state of the world. And, and it's why the gospel was so important. 
the gospel light, the gospel water, the gospel going forth to sinners in this kind of a condition. Well, we'll, we'll have to speak more about this in our next Bible study. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.